everybody. Happy August 24th. We are the Board Game Mechanics with you again. Late August. I'm Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys. What's going on? It's Jason. Jason, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just get the hard stuff out of the way here. Um, I want to just clear this up. Speedway Gate has gotten really big and really ugly. <laughs> yes, so let's just get this has. cleared up. <laughs> to the fine people at Speedway, your, your fountain drinks are the highest quality and very pleasing. We like them very much. And it's not you guys that have the, the icky hot dog water Speedway drinks. It's, they aren't Speedway drinks. I shouldn't have said that. They're delicious, not, they're delicious Speedway drinks at Speedway, but the hot dog <laughs> yes. water drinks are not at Speedway. So I, I tried to make that more clear, but I made it more, more muddled, very much so. The delicious <laughs> drinks are at Speedway. The hot dog water drinks are at not Speedway. So maybe in editing that can sound better, but at any rate, hot dog water <laughs> drinks, not Speedway. Good, fresh, refreshing drinks, Speedway. So, yes. America's favorite convenience store, Speedway, bringing you this episode <laughs> of the Board Game Mechanics. Enjoy their Freezy Pops. 99 cents, any size. Special today only, maybe. I, not true, probably. But anyway. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, I can't even drink any Speedy drinks for 10 weeks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? I'm doing some, like, revitalizing me thing and... I had to give up pop for 10 weeks. Wow. Jeez, man. Yeah. Which step is that in the old 12-step program? <laughs> it's not. Like at church camp, I made friends with this ex-baseball um, player, and he kind of strong-armed me into like this um, Bible study thing that is also like a workout, and I didn't know it was a workout until he like signed me up. Oh. And then, and then along with it comes all this like... Ooh. dietary restrictions and yeah i mean it i needed to do it anyway it's fine but so yeah it makes me a little sad and i had a little tear this morning that i couldn't drink any more mountain dew can you drink some speedy coffee home of the great speedway coffee as long as it's black but i can't drink black coffee because oh, yeah. yeah we're not allowed to have any drinks that have sugar in them so i've been doing nothing but water for the last three days oh jason jason <laughs> jason yeah, said speed speedway stores <laughs> <laughs> Home of the delicious Diet Mountain Dew Speedy Freeze. No sugar. Zero sugar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's sad. Anyway, but yeah, Speedway is awesome. Hot dog flavored pop. Not awesome. Well, all right. So this is where the riveted, you guys can you guys can hold us accountable a little bit because this boy, this heavy boy here has been doing a lot of videos lately and that's a good way to get yourself motivated to drop some pounds. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm watching it too. And uh, I've gotten pretty serious about getting in shape again because, yeah, I mean, like, my fitness goals are my son graduates in three years, and I'd really, really love to see that. So, <laughs> anyway. Like that. Yeah, that's my goal. I'd really like to see my girls get out of kindergarten. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm working on it too, Jason. And I mean, that's, I mean, like, I think really a part of the, a part of the riveted oath that you guys all took when you joined the riveted over on our Facebook page is that you would live life in balance and seek balance in all things you do. Um, it's part of our Zen part of our board gaming part, uh, our stuff, uh, that's very Zen and very much about keeping centered and, and loving all those around you. And this is made up and fake, but it sure is making your editing job a lot harder, Jason. All right, moving on to um, some games of the news variety. Um, Forenze is being reprinted by Quinted Games, and it's on Kickstarter now. And I don't know if you know what Forenze is, but 
It's like a little tower building game that has like the sentry mechanism where you can put pieces of your tower down to take to bypass cards to take other cards. It's an interesting little game. I've been wanting to play it, so now that it's getting reprinted, maybe I'll actually get the chance. Huh. It sounds a little gimmicky. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah, but there is actually some game there too, yes. Cool. Uh the next game you're probably gonna be super into, and that is the new another Red Raven game. Ancient World 2nd Edition, so it's not a new one, but they're reprinting one. And that's on Kickstarter now as well. Yeah, this is uh, one that is uh, its not as well known. It's not as out there, so I'm glad it's getting another printing for sure. It has a pile of cards, like 180 cards. It looks like it's just a card game with a board from what I could tell. I really have never played this one. I, and this, I think, maybe... I hate to admit it, too. I haven't played City of Iron 2nd Edition either, but... Um, I like Red Raven games, so I'm looking for this one. And also, he he has that new game at Target. Uh, is that at stores yet? Do you know? I, I haven't followed that as closely as I might have wanted to. But I know he's got a Target exclusive game coming out I was soon. just at Target today, and it's Megaland. Yeah? Yeah, it, it's there. Was it in your store? Yeah. And and it didn't compel you to buy it? No. Ooh, hot take. I Well, I don't have any Red Raven games. I, I don't know. Just yeah. something about I don't feel like I need to have those games, I guess. So on the record, we love Speedy Freezes and Jason hates Red Raven games. <laughs> Got yeah, it. that's exactly that's exactly what I said. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'd really like Above and Below and Near and Far. I think they're both Euro games that pretend to have storytelling in them. Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to them. I just I don't know something about them. I'm just eh, I'd rather I'd rather play something else. It's not even anything on them. I just would rather play something else. Yeah, I mean maybe we'll talk about one of those later, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw any news. Nope, sure didn't. So good job on the news, Jason, because yeah. I am out of it right now. There wasn't very much good news this week. Yeah. Did you see, I, I will say this, uh, there's a little bit of a controversy with this new boxing game that came out. Um, okay, yeah. I haven't pe- heard about that. From people in Cleveland. And on the cover of it, it has like a large African-American man like punching a white woman. Like... And it's called Walter Waits, and the box art has been noted for being kind of distasteful. Is this for real? Are you for real? (laughs) Yeah. It's a boxing game with like a man and a woman boxing, and it looks pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe go out and find that yourself, but it's pretty distasteful. So, yeah, for for real, definitely. Oh, yeah, that is horrible. (laughs) I just looked it up. (laughs) That is terrible. Kind of rough. So... (laughs) Oh, you, you heard it here first. We're getting the kind of rough rating. Uh, it's not kind of rough. It's like terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. Good kids don't play Walter Waits, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have for news, too. All right. Now the part that I really like to talk about, and that is the games we've played since the last time we've talked or just within the last couple of weeks. And I busted out a couple brand new titles from Gen Con. And the first one I want to talk about is Scarabia by Bruno Catala and somebody else. <laughs> I don't know who the somebody else he is. He doesn't ever do games by himself, so it's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but essentially what this game is, it's like a patchwork or a cottage garden or whatever those millions of Uwe games are. You're you're flipping a card and you have a different shaped piece and you're trying to place this piece on a board and you're trying to enclose these little scarabs on the board 
So if I enclose a four space and there's two scarabs, each scarab in there is worth four points. And it takes 15 minutes and then it's done. That is literally the whole entire game. So is this getting a, a wrench rating of a three? Uh, no, it would probably be a two. Wow. It it was fun. It was okay. It just wasn't like, I feel like it needed more game. It was like half a game. It felt like that to me. So, I mean, it was fun. I don't regret playing it, but I probably wouldn't play it again. It was pretty hot at Gen Con, I know. So, I don't know. Pretty weird, man, um, that it was so hot. Like, maybe, I don't know. Are we are we calling out a, a conspiracy here that the voting system for Gen Con was rigged this year? Well, it was hot because, one, blue-orange is, like, on a tear. Yeah. And Bruno Catala, like, he could take a dump in a box, and it was going to, you know, people were going to love it. And I think that's part of the thing here. Not that this game's a dump in a box, but it was from Blue Orange, and it was Bruno Catala. So, yeah, no one's played it, but sure, we'll say it's the greatest game that's come out since Feudum or whatever. Sure. Um, Can I tell you something? One, I'm going to have to to clarify. It's a hypothetical dump in a box. Se- <laughs> right, se- yes. Second, I don't think that's going to happen because... <laughs> Bruno Cathala doesn't dump in a box by himself ever. He has always has a partner that he dumps in a box with. <laughs> That's so, true. <laughs> I did forget about that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, speaking of kind of hot games, on the other end of the spectrum, stuff that is awesome, and I wish you had a chance to play it, Jason, is uh, Welcome to, and I guess the subtitle is uh, Your New Dream Home or something like that, uh, but the Welcome to game, uh, the roll and write that is from a game company that puts out games. And uh, I'm not sure who put this one out. Deep water, deep water. It's a, it's a dude. You are the expert boy at this uh, stuff. So, <laughs> no, I've got a chance to play this, and it is really good, really good. Uh, I am going to rage by this as soon as it's in stock somewhere for anywhere near MSRP, because my wife loves Racco, and it's got a little bit of a feel of Racco to it, with like a roll and write kind of thing, and kind of a I don't know, like grouping kind of mechanism, and then you're trying to maximize how you can potentially use these power-ups that go along with the numbers. It's just a neat game, a really neat game. I don't know how much you've seen on gameplay, but yeah, you're basically just trying to sequence your house numbers in order on these blocks, and it's based on these cards flipping over and you choosing one of three cards and then having to place it in your in your little suburb or whatever. So, uh, and there's like different player powers you can have. So one of them is like you can add one or two to a number to make it fit in a spot that's better. So let's say an 11 pops up and you already have a 12 in your neighborhood. Well, you could crank that one up to a 13 using that little roadblock thing. Uh, You can repeat numbers using certain powers. If you put numbers near a pool, it gives you extra points. Um, And then you're also like building fences and groups of houses. So like there's a criteria for set collection kind of almost that you're trying to satisfy in order to um, get, in order to basically get a... uh, a set that you're going to get some victory points for, and you're obviously first trying to being trying to be the first one to do it. The game's over once somebody gets all three conditions met. It plays pretty quick. Uh, I think maybe about 30 minutes or so, at most 30 minutes probably, and it kind of scales up without increasing playtime hardly at all because you're all doing simultaneous actions. And actually, the company has boasted, I guess, that they've played a hundred player game of this. So, welcome to your dream house or whatever it's called. Um, it's fresh, it's freshly waiting for a, uh, Cthulhu, you know, like over, overdue where uh, a remake where it's going to be called welcome to hell or something like that. I don't know. So <laughs> and it'll be Cthulhu. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, give us some time <laughs> and all the numbers are sixes. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Coming to Kickstarter in like a minute. <laughs> yeah. That game seems kind of cool, but I have a hot take. I'm kind of over the rolling rights already, I think. I haven't even played them that many, but I'm just sick of hearing about them, I think. I'm really glad I have a pop guard on my microphone because I would have <laughs> spit into the microphone with that spit take I just did. <laughs> I am loving no. rolling rights, man. I like I think they're I think they merit the hotness. So all you all you bad, bad, nasty boys with your gutter talk who think Jason and I don't disagree on anything, this is a hot take where we definitely disagree. I love the rolling rights right now. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's just so many of them and like ninety percent of them have to do with trains. Can we get another <laughs> theme? Like really? My two favorite are carrots and houses, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are differences. I don't know. It's just not for me. I'd rather play something else, but yeah, there are a ton of those games for sure. I like this one a lot. I would encourage people to buy it if they have kindness in their hearts and love urban designing of the 50s. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the other funny kind of kind of funny thing, too, is that on the backside of like these little like rules summary things, they have like little postcard art on them and it's it's pretty funny like it's a real tongue-in-cheek game so kind of yeah, cool really like it all right so the next game i played i think was just came out at gen con and it wasn't even announced and it's called spell smashers so if you're a fan of paperback slash hardback and you're a fan of pixel glory or a game like that an auctioning dungeon crawl this is the game for you that's what you're doing you're spelling words from your hand to defeat monsters when you get the monsters they become words that you have all the time and then you're going to use money that you get from defeating the monsters to go up to the town to either get ale from the tavern to get some armor to buy some additional types of special powers you can go on quest and complete quests based on what kinds of letters from words that you use yeah it's it's an amazing game and i'm actually surprised that i like it as much as i do but it is the designer from World's Fair, that J. Alex Kevern guy. So, yeah, we got a winner here. Sounds like uh, a weird mishmash of mechanics. And it reminds me of there's a video game called Typing of the Dead where, like, you're blowing away zombies, like, with a gun, killing them, like a first-person shooter. But the way how you do it is typing words really fast. So it's like a <laughs> typing game beats – I think, yeah, it's called Typing of the Dead. And, and uh, this reminds me of that. I don't know why. I mean, like, other than you're building words and killing monsters, but uh, pretty, pretty interesting seeming game. You, you will, uh, you, oh, by the way, welcome to. I'm giving that a four and a quarter inches, probably. Where's this one? Nice. Um, I'd probably give this one 3.9. Yeah. <laughs> I can't give it a four. Yeah. 3. And it's 9. not. Yeah. And it's not J. Alex Kevin. The designer is Christopher Chung. So I, I wanted to clear that up. Yeah. It's a good game. Like, and it's only seven rounds, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. You can knock it out in about an hour. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, the last game I want to talk about, I got to play so many cool games. It was hard for me to pick two. And I think, uh, okay, okay, boys and girls, please forgive this. I will probably talk about one of the games I played last weekend in the next episode because I loved it so much and it's really good, but this one's good too. Uh, it's Hail Hydra. Got a chance to play this. Um, kind of a neat game. Um I don't think you'll own it, Jason, and I don't think you'll care for it that much because it's not better than your favorite deduction game, Secret Herbie and the Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> yeah, well, in Hail Hydra's defense, 
there's not a game better than Secret Hitler that's been created. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, Jason. So Jason. that's fine. We're not explicit lyrics here. <laughs> okay, Secret Black Orchestra. Yeah, there you go. Se- <laughs> Secret Bonhoeffer. Uh, no, I mean, like, Secret Hitler's awesome. Hail Hydra, if Secret Hitler weren't around, I would say would rock the socks off some Resistance and other games like that that came before Secret Hitler. But I think Secret Hitler's still the king after this one has been out. This one's just going to be a little bit accessible more so to people who like are s- sort of like offended by that, I guess, I'm going to say. Um, I don't know. Like people who are offended by that theme, sure, uh, this game might be for you. Otherwise, I think it's not quite Secret Hitler. But I mean, for people who don't know, you play as a superhero. It's a licensed product game. And then it's a little like, hey, are you with Hydra or are you with Shield? And um, and basically, you all have a little superpower you can use between rounds. You're trying to defeat three bad guys, but then the Hydra people are trying to sabotage what you're doing. It's all done through voting cards. And I okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and just say this is called the Kratzer strategy. I was on Shield, and I kind of won us the game because basically you're you're putting down positive or negative cards. And so I just told the whole table I was first player at this point. It was the last round. I said, listen, all right, table, I am shield 100%. And Hydra knows I'm shield because they know who they are. And I'm going to put down positive cards like crazy. And when you see all the positive cards that are in the pile, you'll know that I was definitely shield. And uh, so if you see people putting tons of cards down to try and counteract me, they're definitely Hydra. And if this thing doesn't pass, it's because Hydra did that. So if your shield only put one card down because I'm putting tons of positive cards down and worst case scenario, you find out I'm not shield if you only lay one card down. So like basically it was like kind of a, I don't know if I explained it very well how I did at the game, but I basically said if your shield only put one card down and if you put down more than one card, then you're basically showing me that you're, you're Hydra. And so then I put down tons of positive cards myself and then everyone else just put down one card and we like defeated this monster by a ton. It's called the Kratzer strategy. Um, it works really, really well, almost to the point where it breaks the game. So, um, Anyway, keep that <laughs> nice. in your back pocket in case you do play this game. It's not bad at all. The component quality is really nice on it, for sure. I would play it. I mean, I think it looks interesting. I watched Tom Vassell's review of it, and it seemed like a pretty interesting little game. But He loved it, I mean, didn't he? Yeah, he did like it. I mean, I already have Deception. I have this one. I have uh, one other game like this. I don't really need that many games like this because I play them once every month or two. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, and they all kind of have the same core mechanics to them. It feels like it just they put a twist on it. Same thing with this one. It's voting and trying to excommunicate people and whatever. So no need for that. Now, before we move on, I will say this. I went to this really cool thing, and I would love for BGM cons to get big enough that at some point we could do an annual one of these. You bring a bunch of board games that you don't want anymore, and then they randomize who gets the first pick out of everybody that brought brought games. And then if your game gets picked, you get to pick the next game. So like the it's kind of a cool like draft how they do this. And so I actually got really lucky and I got the first pick overall. So I got to pick the first game period. And then we went down from there. But I took in some games that I didn't care for at all. And they're games that you'd be like, yeah, those are dogs. And I ended up with some kind of cool games in exchange. So I have some stuff to play that I haven't played yet. And it's kind of like it was stuff that I was interested in enough that I would have traded for it. But I didn't want to pay for shipping. So like stuff like um, I got a copy of Cold Express and this whole thing, which I think that's, you know, kind of cool. Um, I'm kind of struggling to remember what else I got. I got Brass out of it. So that's pretty cool. I know you're you're going to play that one with me. Um, Did you pick Brass? Please tell me you picked Brass first. 
I picked brass in the parking lot before I went in. So <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I brought Indian Summer, which is kind of hot and new. Not hot, but it's newish. And this guy was like, I've never played any of those crappy Tetris piece U- Uwe Rosenberg games. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, they're so good. They're real, real good. I only brought this one because I just it's so real, real good that I can't keep it in my house. So <laughs> you probably want it. And, uh, and so then he had brass. And I was like, let's just swap this right now. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. So and he only brought brass because he bought the new deluxe edition. So all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he got both editions, uh, the new one and the old deluxe one in his Kickstarter. So hey, man, I'm not complaining. And then I guess the new deluxe or the new streamlined brass rules, like basically you modify one route on the map and you have the new edition. So I guess for me, I wouldn't have any reason to go to the new edition, but I guess it is really nice looking and stuff. So. I do a brass. Um, I'm trying to think what else I might have picked up. The Expanse was there, new and shrink, and I didn't pick it. But um, you got survive, didn't you? Get survive. Yeah, I got a really cool edition of survive. I already had a copy of survive, so I'm I'm gonna put that one up to to the uh, South Studios to have a copy of survive as well. I got the really cool 2010 edition, which I had never seen before that day. It's a blue box instead of like the yellowish box. And it's got all the expansions in one box, and it's all wooden pieces. So really cool. Um, so I kind of just like it for its novelty, and I really do enjoy that game. Um, I'm trying to think. I got the versus system in that swap. So some interesting stuff in there that I was like, ah, it's good enough that I would swap for it for stuff that I won't play otherwise, but I probably wouldn't have ever bought or anything. So uh, maybe you'll see some weird little random, hey, this game was cool two years ago, but now no one plays it type reviews on my on my YouTube feed. So <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that was kind of fun to do, but it wasn't something I necessarily played. But I think that's a cool cool concept for a trade, and I really wish more people would do it. I mean, you bring five games, I bring five games, five other people bring five games, and we just do kind of a fantasy draft, you know? Um, it got kind of messy. <laughs> I felt kind of bad. A couple guys brought, like, Spirit of America Opoly and, like, um, other games that aren't that awesome. Um, and... They didn't get picked for like ever. And I mean, like, that's just, that's the design of it. You know, I mean, people who bring fairly hot designer games that are valuable are going to get picked earlier. And so if you bring stuff that you bought at Goodwill or took out of grandma's basement or whatever, it's not going to get picked. Now this, this Jason, I, I don't know if I told you this or not. Here was my best, most favorite, awesome part of the day. I bought three games from a guy that was just like kind of running like a flea market thing there. I bought three games for 20 bucks and I just bought three games for 20 bucks because he, he didn't have any change. So I bought uh, the museum. I bought museum caper, clue museum caper. I no bought, way. That's I, awesome. I bought Bonanza and I bought Tiny Epic Galaxies for 20 bucks. So that was a pretty good deal, I thought. You should look up that museum caper on BGG. Yeah, it's pretty I cool. I think it's pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it sells decently high, but it's, it's, like, it's like Scotland Yard. It's got like that hidden movement thing going on in it. And the board's really cool too. So I'm excited to have a copy. Like it's one of those just kind of weird novelty gimmick games that I'm glad to have. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to talk about it today though. But yeah, that was kind of a fun event, a good meetup. I'd love for BGM cons to get to that point at some point. I mean, like that would be amazing. Like I would honestly, if we could say, hey, we can get 20 people to make it to a city that I can drive to in a day and then drive home in a day. And like whatever, I would front a lot of the costs of a hotel like banquet room if it wasn't stupid expensive. So we could just have a huge board game meetup for a day and like a big trade swap meet kind of thing. Because I mean, like I used to trade games all the time and it just costs so much to ship stuff anymore that I pretty much stopped. So anyway, pretty cool. A lot of fun. 
Um, and if you're all in for a BGM con in the Midwest here somewhere, give us a, oh yeah, this game is not broken and we want to come play Brothers Murph or something. I don't know. That, that's a really long hashtag, but get, do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, do it. So yeah. All right. I think we, we ran that into the ground. So let's move on. All right, so this week we're going to talk about games that we like that have a gimmick in it. Either it be like a mechanism that's a gimmick or something that's a gimmick. I'm not going to give examples because that might ruin some things we're going to talk about, but basically something that's going to catch people's eye to draw them in to want to play the game. Well, like gimmick in a positive way, like something that's yes, kind of yes. a cool catch. Because I think there's games with gimmicks on them that I'm like, well, some of my honorable mention games I put on because they have really cool gimmicks, but I don't necessarily like them. So anyway, we'll get to those kind of games later. Maybe that's a separate list someday. All right. So I'll get started with one that I just played, and it's kind of the hotness. And that game is Everdell. So the gimmick in this one is the Ever Tree. After I played the game, essentially this tree is essentially a holding ground. You put some gold cards on it, and you put your extra workers on it. And then they just sit there. You could just sit them on the side of the table or, yeah, sit them on the board somewhere without the tree. But the tree draws people in and it looks cool. And it did look neat on the board, but completely unnecessary, but kind of gimmicky. Yeah. So it doesn't serve a core mechanic. It just kind of helps conserve table space. Yep. Weird. Yeah. I, I thought like maybe you had to climb up the tree or something, but nope. Well, when I look at pictures on BGG, it's like, oh, that's certainly central to the mechanics of this game that you're trying to get your cards on the tree or something. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. Nope. It's just part of the neighborhood that you're building your town in because it's just a tableau building game. You're playing cards. And then if you meet certain goals, you go up to the branch of the tree and you take the goal card. That's it. See, that kind of makes me <laughs> not want to get the game as much as get it because I love tableau builders, but like just make your game a good tableau builder. I don't know. It's a good game. It's just the tree's unnecessary. Huh. The other thing, too, is I like sometimes in games like this, I wonder if they were like, well, this game's a stack of cards and we want to charge $50 for it and people won't pay $50 for a stack of cards. So let's put a tree in it, maybe. I don't know. So it could be. Yeah, yeah. it could be. I mean, it has, it has really nice components, too. But Does it? Yeah. Yeah. The tree. Yeah. It's like um, little wooden bits for all the stuff and the, uh, all the, the logs and stuff. And there's like these little rubber, these rubber pieces that are like berries. It's it's weird. It has metal coins. Yeah, it's nice. It, but I, the tree. Yeah, they, they had a copy. Uh, I, I actually played games all day Saturday and Sunday, but we had a copy around on Saturday that we could have played, and we didn't. But, um, yeah, it sounds like I kind of missed out, but maybe not like uh, like a kind of missing out that I'm going to regret with the rest with like pain and suffering in my heart for the rest of my life. So Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good. I'm glad I played it, and I'd probably play it again. But Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Play but don't own. So like a board game mechanics three. Yep. So Kim has it and she lives close to me so I can just play hers whenever I want. Yeah. I mean, so it's not embarrassing to own and you're glad someone in your group owns it, but you probably want to own it yourself. Yep. Correct. Yeah. My first game that has a gimmick in it that I think works is uh, one that I do own and I wouldn't wouldn't regret buying it again. And that's near and far. So um, that squeaking chair sound you heard was Jason getting up for a little stretch break while I talk about Near and Far because <laughs> it's a Red Raven game. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of here. Uh, it's, a, it's a worker placement game with like kind of root building and like trying to power yourself up. And then it's got kind of this cool like 
the way how you score points is by moving these tents off and just it's got a really cool thing about it about how like these things go onto the scoring track and then you're basically doing worker placement in this town to get better powers so that you can move further to explore more treasures but the gimmick on it is it has that that storybook in it and it's not unique to this game i mean tales of the arabian nights probably most famously did this first and then uh you know like agents of smirsh and then above and below which is the other game from from red raven that has this but it integrates into this game so well like it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of weird because all basically all the little scenarios that you go through in this book they're all the same kind of uh more or less depending on where you go because it's very specific to that location that you read the certain passage so it's not random like in a lot of other games where you read a random passage it's very much a calculated passage that you're reading but then your outcomes based on your choices that you take and stuff like that definitely does change the game quite a bit. The other kind of neat thing about this game is the board on it is a book. So like it's a book with a spiral bounding on it. So that way it lays flat. But like there's probably 15 different boards in there. And so all those boards together make this big campaign that you can play on um, this like legacy game kind of thing. And it's pretty neat. Um, I really like it a lot. It's just it's hard to get people to play it as a campaign kind of game in that many repeated plays when there's so many other campaign games out there. And one game that you and I both clearly forgot, because I guess it's not totally a gimmick, but I mean, Charterstone is definitely a game that's... Uh, that's true. A little bit of a gimmick for a worker placement game, for sure. But this one kind of feels the same way, that you're playing a legacy game that's kind of Euro mechanic driven. So, um, But that encounter book is what I, I really put this on this list for. So near and far with this cool encounter book in a kind of Euro game. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to this game. Again, I just, I don't have any, and no one ever brings any over to play. So, but I would be interested in playing this one for sure, because I think the map and the way the book, or the board and the book work together are pretty cool. Um, the next game I'm going to talk about is a new one that I think came out of Gym, Gen Con as well, and that's Palm Island. This whole game is a giant gimmick. All the cards, you don't have to have a table, they just go in your hand. You're moving cards from the front to the back of your hand. You're flipping them either upside down or to the other side. And you're turning them 90 degrees to show the resources to use those resources to spin the cards. So everything can just be held in your hand and you can sit and watch TV while you're playing this game. It's an amazing game as a solo game, but the palm stuff is a gimmick. I thought the gimmick on it was that it comes in like a little waterproof necklace box, which is well, kind of cool too. Yeah, I mean, that's gimmicky too, but the gameplay itself, the mechanisms are pretty gimmicky too, I think. Yeah, you can play this with two players too, right? Or is this just exclusively solo? No, you can play it two players. There's competitive, cooperative, and then there's like race, a race version where you're trying to achieve these goals before the other player to get these feet cards. Yeah, but it if you're playing two players normally, it's just two-player solitaire, kind of. Yeah, cool. I, it looks neat. I think... I would love to play this at some point. So this might be one of those ones that I'll keep an eye on sales as it becomes more widely available because it does seem like a neat little game and it'd be cool to take to a picnic or something. You know what I mean? So with its pretty good packaging as well. Yep. So. I agree. Anyway. Uh, well, my next pick, Jason, is there's a lot of games out there that use apps to drive the game. And that certainly is a gimmick. And there's a lot of games that do it really well. And so Mansions of Madness is one that I'm going to mention that does it very well, but it's not the one I picked. Um, I think it might be the one that does it the best now, but this is one of the ones that did it, did it, did it the best first. 
Um, and that's Alchemist. So Alchemist uh, basically is a worker placement game. I would put it in the squarely in the uh, medium heavy category. Um, but you're basically trying to solve this Sudoku puzzle and you're using your phone. And basically the cards function is like QR codes almost that you are getting certain information from the cards. And then you use like your reasoning skills to basically figure out, okay, well, this must be made of this element and this, this element must have this element in it. And then you figure out, you can predict kind of what's going to happen when certain things react. And then being able to predict how potions are going to be created, you're able to meet the market demand for like adventurers that want to buy potions and get tons of points and then publish your recipes. And then the kind of the cool part too is you can kind of publish recipes with a certain amount of, of, of a certain amount of like uh, like hubris to it that you think with a certain amount of confidence that it's this. But then um, if you are a little bit not quite so sure, you can put like a, well, I think it's this, but I'm putting like this lower confidence interval on it. And then other people can disprove your 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 hypothesis later. And if someone disproves your hypothesis, you obviously lose those points. But then also they get like an extra bonus for being a better scientist kind of thing. And anyway, the gimmick on it is definitely that you have to use your phone. You don't have to. I guess you could play it with a game master and there's like a little extra board you can use for that. But I've never seen that because that would be the worst gaming experience ever to be the, here are my two cards. What happens? And then you like write on a post-it note, um, you get an explosion of this kind or whatever. So everyone I know uses the app and it's just really fun and really cool. And it's a tiny app and it works really well. And you're able to just kind of scan these cards and figure out what's going on. So uh, Alchemist, really fun little game. Not little really at all. Yeah, this game's super heavy, isn't it? Uh, you'd call it a family weight light game party filler because <laughs> this is one that i've been wanting to play because i've heard people say that it's like a beast so i i want to try this one too and every time you bring it around or somebody has it it never gets to being played <laughs> it's i really like it every time i play it i'm like dang i like this game why don't i play it more um and i think it probably is that gimmick that i always think well it's that app game but it's really good and the app integrates into it so well so uh, alchemist a solid pick in the games with gimmicks that make them better and worth playing category. Uh, my next game is the entire game is based around the gimmick and that game is dice forge and the gimmick is forging the dice. So removing the faces and putting on new faces. It was done in Rattlebones as well, but this game's far superior to Rattlebones because Rattlebones was a hot pile of garbage. So yeah, this game, you're just either you're, Taking a turn, you're either buying die faces or you're moving your little pawn to take a card to get a pile of points or some other kind of die faces or special action. And you're going to do that over a course of the like eight, nine rounds and whoever has the most points wins. And you're always rolling your dice on every player's turn and it's just fun to pop the little die faces out and put new dice in. Not a huge gimmick, but cr- crafting dice is fairly new, so I figure it could make it on this list. Yeah, I like this game a lot. I actually played it on Sunday, and they didn't explain the rules to me well at all. So um, I got slaughtered and didn't have fun, but I can definitely see where this game is, like, awesome. So they explained the game, like, all the cards. Like, they're like, if it has a lightning bolt on it, it happens once. And if it has the gear on it, it happens all the time. And so I'm looking at these cards, and there's the 3X card, and it has a lightning bolt on it. And I'm like, oh, so I get triple the goods one time? Like, why would I care about that? And then later I see this guy roll a die like four rounds later and he's got a three X and a six gold that come up. And I'm like, wait, the three X is a face. Oh, Hey, thanks for telling me that there's a little square around this means that it's a face. Like, so like (laughs) 
and then there's the question mark one, which is really powerful too. So like, right, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that those were things until like the very end of the game. And I was like, okay, well, I guess whatever. And both those were sold out by then too. Cause the one guy bought two, three X's and, um, and then the other, the other person I was playing with bought the other three X. So I kind of got hosed on it a little bit. And there was definitely a couple of times where he got like a three X for victory points to get just tons of victory points. So very cool though. Very cool game. I definitely like it. This is one that I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for uh, on, you know, like our BGM con future dates where it's bring board games to the table and we do a swap thing at the, uh, at the Marriott in Muncie, Indiana. So uh, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> I will say the more you play dice forge, the better it gets as well. Like I played this game probably 12 times and it gets better every single time. Well, and like the game is like what? 33 bucks or something online most places. And yeah, it's yeah. just a lot of stuff in that box, man, for that price too. It is. And the thing I love about it is it takes like 30 minutes to play too. Right. You're always playing and then you're like, man, I need like five more turns and the game's over. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. Like you literally roll your die between like, 12 and 10 times depending on player count not even 10 like eight eight times if you have like four players i think so and you're done i mean i guess a little more than that because it's rounds so it'd be like 30 or 40 times yeah but it's, still it's, it's that it's that many times times the number of players yeah it's just quick man really quick so re- excellent pick jason if you didn't pick it i probably would have maybe snuck it on here and the other thing too is like it's a well done gimmick so like rattle bones like you have to have like a pair of pliers and some like really strong fingernails to get those faces off. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> On this one, it's like it's like easy Legos, man, and like it's really clever how it's designed. So, here here's a fun thing for you though: if you're playing Dice Forge with people who have never played it before, just note that every person the first time they play, there will be dice faces flying everywhere. So until you get the little finesse of you have to kind of cover the faces while you pop them out, they definitely go flying. So that's kind of fun. Yep, it is. It makes it entertaining. Yeah. Well, my last one is Starfarers of Catan. And this has definitely got an interesting gimmick in it that you have this ship that you're powering up to try and do more on the board. But the ship has a core mechanic in it. And then it has like all these little BBs in it. And then you like flip the ship over and like two balls will come down and be exposed in this little like clear glass part of the ship or clear plastic part of the ship. And then that's like basically the way how they randomize stuff. They don't use dice. They use that instead. So it kind of determines how far your ship can move and kind of like what benefits you get or encounters you get based on the colors of these little like two little plastic balls that are exposed and randomized in it. So it's kind of neat. And these components, like they're big. They're like probably seven inches tall or so. Um, And then you keep putting other things on your like little ship that you have in front of you. It's just kind of a neat gimmicky component and a nice way how to randomize what you're doing in the game instead of just using the standard, we're going to roll some dice that you do in every, you know, randomizing game. So I think it's kind of a cool gimmick. And um, I guess, I don't know, part of me like loves the fact that I own this game and most people can't own it. So haha, awesome game. And you don't own it. I do. I'm super cool. <laughs> you, just, you just pulled a Z Garcia. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I did for sure. This game came out in, Japan for one week at one con I was at, and you'll never own it. It's called Langerstein. <laughs> yeah. Langerstein. Is that what it's called? L- Lagerstein. Lagerstein. Yeah. That seriously is like it came out at Essen one year, and it will never get printed again. Like, it's sad. It was last year. They had 100 copies of it. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. There's two for trade. I would love to get one of those, but yeah, I probably don't have anything they want, I'm sure. They had. I had some stuff that this one guy wanted, so I was thinking about it. 
But then I was like, yeah, the only reason you really want to own that is to just kind of make Jason bad. And like, <laughs> yeah, and it looks cool enough, but I don't know. Hang on to your copy of Gloomhaven or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to play the Starfarers game, though, because I've heard it was cool. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll put a better taste of Catan in my mouth. Oh, it's way better than Catan for sure. Because it's cool. just more fun to look at it. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so we got, I've got some other games down here, Jason, and I'm sure you got some in your brain of games that didn't make our list of games that are awesome with gimmicks. But these are yeah. games that are gimmicky, and they are kind of cool, at least. Um, Fireball Island, I have in big letters because it is the king of the gimmick game. I mean, like, the whole game is a gimmick that it's a marble run, basically, right? So, um, yep. and the other gimmick is that it somehow taps into childish nostalgia. But anyway, it does. Fireball yep. Island. Uh, El Grande I put on there because it was the first one to use that kind of cool tower mechanism. Yeah, I would add Shogun and Amerigo to that as well. Yeah. Because they all yeah. have that. Yep, absolutely. I was thinking of Wallenstein, but I think that's the same thing as Shogun, right? So, yeah, same thing, yeah. Uh, Polarity is kind of a cool game. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, it's like you have this thick felt mat, and then you put magnets on it. And then like basically you're creating magnetic fields between these different like little disks. And then... Um, it's almost, it's not a dexterity game, but it's like uh it's like Jenga or something. But like you keep placing magnets on there, and then if you place a magnet that moves other magnets because you altered the magnetic field, there's like certain consequences. And so it's very tense. It's been a long time since I played it because nobody owns a copy, but it's kind of a cool little game um, that uses just magnets and the way how the magnets set on this like thick mat. Um, Clask, I, I got a chance to play that. Um, it's basically air hockey without air and I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's another one of those uses magnets games. Um, one that I used to own is Rampage. That's a unique game. I've never seen a game like it. It just has buildings built out of meeples, and you're just like smacking them up and busting them up. And then kind of its first cousin, uh, Flick Em Up, who does kind of that same flicking thing and destroying stuff. Um, and then Coffee Roaster. I don't know if you've ever seen this game, but it's a really cool game. I think you'd like it. It's a uh, bag building solo game where like there's yeah, like... I'm- I'm interested in this for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to find. Um, I think it was released in Japan mostly, and I don't know that it got much of a U.S. release, but it looks really cool to me. Uh, and then Cat, which is like, it came out more commonly known as Laser Maze or something like that. I think like Hasbro or somebody stole the idea basically. But it's like chess kind of, but you have these different pyramids that have like laser, have mirrors on them. And then you have like a one stationary piece that shoots a laser. And basically, you're trying to make your laser go all the way to their base or something by manipulating how you have these mirrors on there. Kind of cool. Um, and then Tower of Madness is one that I was just exposed to. And it's Kerplunk, basically. But they've tried to make it into a board game. And of course, Cthulhu. So anyway, um, the gimmick is Cthulhu there. No, it's Kerplunk. But anyway, uh, all those games are kind of gimmicky, but they've got their merits. Um, yeah, I was thinking Zulkin. Yes, the gears are pretty gimmicky. But you know what? Like, it integrates in the game so well that, like, I think it's a must-have part of that game. Because can you imagine if you had to move all those workers every round? Oh, yeah. That would be terrible. And it's a really clever way to do a rondelle, basically. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, another gimmick, gimmicky thing, I think, are those new Van Ryder graphic novel adventures. Yeah. Those are really cool. I think... Yeah, I think that's kind of gimmicky, too, where it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book, but there's also that one that's like a Euro game. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that coming out. I don't know when that's going to hit the United States, but I think it's out in, like, France and places already, right? 
We have two of them. They had some of them at Origins. Well, I, yeah, I've got the one book, but I'm talking about the four-player board game where everyone has their own book kind of thing. And like, oh yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so like they basically have one that's like a multiplayer game, and it's got a board and stuff. So um, same company that kind of produced those is producing that, and it looks really cool. And I don't know what's coming out, but it looks really cool. And the ones that are already out are from Vander Ryden Games, and they're I have the Sherlock Holmes one. It's really fun, really cool. Just something fun just to kind of set and look at. And it's like playing an unlock game in a book, kind of. So I like it. Yeah, I was also thinking, I don't know if you know the game Ohm, but it has this cool little like grid tile pushing mechanism that I haven't ever seen in another game. So I think that tile mechanic is kind of gimmicky because it could have just been flip a card or whatever, but it's done in a cooler package here. Yeah, Forbidden Desert kind of has a thing that's interesting too with that sliding tile mechanism it has. That's kind of a gimmick a little bit, plus that like ship you build. But I don't know. It's it's enough like other stuff, and that gimmick doesn't play a totally central part in that game, but maybe worth a mention. Yep, I agree. Well, cool. Uh, at some point, we'll put Tolkien in the uh, Hall of Fame. I don't know if today's the day or not, but I'm pretty sure that one's going to make it in the Hall because that's in your top, what, 20 games probably? Oh, yeah. It's like number 18, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I really like that game too. Um, and you can find it kind of cheap now because it was really hot and overproduced and now it's just kind of out there. So find your neighbor who has a copy that he's putting in his garage sale and buy it because it's a really good game. Totally agree. And then paint your gears because those gears need painting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Mine are just generic and vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And they'll probably stay like that forever. Yep. Ah, the beige gears. Ah, can't fault you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Uh yeah, I mean, what games out there do you guys think have cool gimmicks in them? What games are kind of like, oh, yeah, this thing has this thing in it? I'm sure we're missing a ton of them. Um, but let us know what you think uh, and tell us what we missed because, I mean, we certainly missed a bunch of games in this. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'll tell you one that I really like, Jason, and I had our time not putting on this. It was one of the first games I ever played. It has the uh, Pop-O-Matic dice function in it, and that's the Game of Trouble. So uh, that's a neat, neat gimmick there. That's true. That is a gimmick. I was thinking Crossfire, too, when we were talking. Oh, Crossfire. <laughs> That's the original Clask. Yeah. That game is awesome, too. I played that so much when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Until your dog ate all the metal marbles, and then it was game over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be be bad, yes. It would. Uh, Crossfire is awesome. <laughs> and like that one, you don't hear people like rave about, but that one was way more of the rage in my neighborhood than Fireball Island ever was. Oh, yeah. I, I never played Fireball Island. I, I played a ton of Crossfire. Oh, man. You almost cursed. You almost said a crap ton. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I guess in review, Speedway, we love your drinks, and we look forward to those gift cards coming our way. So, In 10 weeks from now, because I don't want them to just go to waste while I can't drink some Mountain Dew. <laughs> I don't think they'd expire... <laughs> I hope not. That's true. That, That's true. That'd that be a really true. fun prank, Speedway stores. <laughs> Send Jason a, a great big old fat rewards card that expires in 10 weeks. Yeah. Oh, that would be terrible. Oh. Hey, Joel, it's me, Jason. I've learned to drink black coffee because it's free and I kind of like free stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe if it was free, I might be able to choke it down. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, I guess in wrapping this up, check out our YouTube channel. It's it's a lot of fun right now. Uh, Jason's got a bunch of videos on there. I've got a couple. 
Um, we love that you guys are watching that. And I think it's another way to get to know another dimension of us when we're kind of doing things away from each other. But also seeing us, you get to see how just how we're the handsome boys, just how handsome we are. All right. Um, yeah. And also another thing, starting tomorrow or what's tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow, Saturday. By the t- yeah. <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, we will have a giveaway for a signed copy of a Philip DeBerry game. So be on the lookout for that. Actually, that game is good. A signed too. Copy. That game is actually good, Jason. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, it's a legitimately good game. Um, and it's a shame. Not a shame. It's awesome. Basically, it's being inventoried out everywhere it's at. So you can find a steal in that game, but it's an excellent little three-player-plus three game. Um, a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, if you don't win the signed copy, I would encourage you guys to go find one anyway. But um, Yeah, agreed. I'm not going to say the name of the game. I want people to go find out what it is. So <laughs> Philip Dubarry. Look at all his games, and you'll find it. Yep. And look for the giveaway coming up. And you know what? Like, I think we might be the home of giveaways here before too long because... I don't know. Jason and I don't live in huge vassal boy mansions where we can keep thousands of games all the time. So <laughs> that's some, true. Some of these yeah. things we're reviewing have to be given away somehow. So um, yeah, I'm just kidding, Tommy V. We know you live a, a meager, modest reviewer man's lifestyle, and we appreciate <laughs> all you do for the board gaming community. But you were wrong about Feudum, Tommy V. You were wrong about Feudum. <laughs> and some people on BGG agree with you, I think. Yeah, they do. I never actually said his name in the review, but they knew. They all knew. <laughs> they knew, yeah. Oh, oh man. I'm going to totally wake up like next Tuesday, like two in the morning. I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a <laughs> very tall man wearing a very red hat, like leaning over my bed <laughs> saying, I hear you got an ax to grind with me. And he's like got an ax in his hand, like waking me up out of my dead of my sleep in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, Can that's... you imagine that? How terrifying would that be? A man with a... Oh, especially since since he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> And if he had a slightly Amish beard wielding an axe with a bright red hat with a feather in it, oh my gosh. I'm probably not yeah. going to sleep tonight. Hello. Like, no sleep tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I might just, yeah, I'll stay up for the next 10 weeks because that's scary. <laughs> so look for a bunch more of insomnia-driven reviews on YouTube, basically. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't. Like, it's just stupid hard to end shows when you're being dumb. So, anyway, I guess I'm going to shut up now and say thanks for listening. Yep, keep gaming. Uh, Jason, I want to mention this to you on the top of the episode. So, if you guys um, happen to hear any hushed tones sometimes of quiet where i'm not making any noise um we're ending grilling season here in late august uh it's you know we're approaching those fall fall days where you can't grill as much so tonight i grilled up some steaks and um i like my i like my steak juicy i like it real juicy so um <laughs> i had i had a steak tonight that the, the middle of the steak um was still it felt refrigerated a little bit so um <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it was like room temperature cool to the touch. So um, <laughs> you may die. <laughs> if you, well, if you hear any sounds, um, okay. So let's back that up. If you hear any long pauses of sounds, and then you ran an enhancement software on the audio silence, you 
might hear things, but um, a totally different subject, Jason. I want to remind remind me at the end of the show. There's this anti lurching, anti toilet sounds filter that I found in Audacity that you can run on our tracks. That's really cool. So, um, all right, I'll try anyway. to remember. 